everyone. I hope you're enjoying your day here. Um, hopefully you've had a chance to explore everything we have available here at Next Level Casino Careers. Um, potentially, if you're interested in a position or learning more about the career opportunities here at Yamava Resort and Casino, you've had the chance to connect uh, with one of our several individuals available, whether it be a specific department or career counseling. There's a lot to explore. But here today, this panel, we're here to discuss career differentiators. Um, and, and that's all aspects. What matters? Uh, how can you stand out? How can you position yourself for success early? middle of your career, no matter where you're at, we hope to give you value and tips uh, that can make you better in your career. And we have a great panel um, who's gonna be able to help with that, but rather than have me uh, introduce them and read their bio, I think it's best for them to give some context on who they are and what they do. Um, and, and I guarantee you're gonna like uh, a lot about what this panel has to say today. So first, I wanna start with Janae, if you don't mind. Uh, just briefly touching on your career and uh, what you do uh, here at Yamava Resort and Casino. Sure. Thank you, Kyle. Um, I am Janae Hardiman-Kemp, Vice President of Operational Administration for Yamava Resort and Casino. Um, I have been with the Samuel Band of Fish and Indians for about six years, a little over six years, and I actually started my career at Samuel in Human Resources. Now, if we go further back in my journey, I'm actually an attorney by profession. Um, practiced both civil litigation and some criminal law, um, ended up taking a role as a lobbyist for McDonald's Corporation, and I was there for about 18 years. And I ended my career at McDonald's and Human Resources. So there's like a little story behind that. Um, really, really loved Human Resources, was able to leverage the law experience and background, and um, just some really, some real interesting and great things at McDonald's that I guess helped me prepare for my future career, which landed me at Samuel. So um, quite a journey to say the least, but um, definitely took some turns and landed at a great place. So happy to be here. Thank you, Janae, and thank you for joining us here today. Really look forward to touching on lessons you've learned through you know, your versatile career that you hit on between law, corporate America here at Samuel and now Yamava and also the HR side. So. I'm sure there's a lot of insight you can breathe. So, so really looking forward to it. Brandon, let's jump over to you. If you could share your career journey. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Brandon Jones, and I'm the vice president for the Department of Public Safety. I've been here at Sandman Well now for coming up on five years. It'll be five years in January. Uh, and I started here um, as a senior manager, worked up into the director and then now into the VP role. But as I back up a little bit, uh, you know, I got into the hospitality industry. I say I, I on somewhat on accident, um, but I was in the military. I was in the United States Air Force. I was stationed out at Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas. And once I got out of the military, you know, being in Las Vegas, uh, what you see is, is the lights, right, in the, in the, in the strip. So um, I became interested in, in that career field in the hospitality industry and uh, started there as a security officer working on the floor. And uh, throughout time, I just, you know, provided value to our teams and to our management teams and the, and the companies and really started just working my way up uh, to the point of where I'm at today. You know, I was uh, given a lot of different options throughout my, throughout my time, um, you know, going back into the family type businesses within the financial services industry or staying here. And this was just really, this was my path. This was what makes me happy. This is what uh, uh, makes me feel like I'm doing what I need to do. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, excited to have you on the panel as well. 
Um, you know, you mentioned something there that resonated with me and that's uh, value. And then you also said on accident, but I think that, you know, by leading with value, a lot of times that presents opportunities that you wouldn't even necessarily dream of, but, you know, uh, allows decisions that you wouldn't think of. And once again, just focusing on that value, good things happen. So I can't wait to dive in on that. Ted, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself to our attendees here today. Hi, I'm Ted Gover. Uh, I'm the director of the Tribal Administration Program at Claremont Graduate University. Uh, I've been so lucky throughout my career. Um, I've been able to work in three fields simultaneously over the years. One is public relations and government affairs, serving clients here in the U.S. as well as with their operations overseas. Uh, but also I've been involved with academia. Uh, by academia, I mean teaching and working for universities in different capacities. Uh, at Claremont Graduate University, specifically, um, I'm the director of the tribal program, and we provide training to the employees of the Sam and Wellband Mission Indians in tribal history, tribal law, management, leadership, as well as tribal gaming regulation and history. Uh, this is a wonderful position for me to be in because I get to work with the tribal government. I get to work with the wonderful employees of the tribe. Uh, in addition to teaching courses and uh, collaborating with our own faculty and guest lecturers. And uh, the tribal program came about when the tribe wanted to provide improved training for their employees. Uh, and they wanted to stress how working for a tribe was different than working for a company. And so we stress in the program that working for a tribal government is a different ball of wax than working for a company. The laws are different as are the regulations. And we often find and we teach that the values and purposes are different uh, working for a tribal government than a company. So we can get into that later, but I just wanna emphasize companies don't always have the unique special outlook that is steeped in wisdom that tribes often have. So it's a special opportunity to work for and to work with the tribe. It's also a real honor. Well, it's an honor having you here to, today, Ted, and really looking forward to the value you could bring from an educational standpoint, but you kind of hit it, is really understanding who you work for, what their values are. And I think we can all kind of touch on that throughout the conversation today. Melanie, jumping over to you, if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing a little bit about your career journey and what you do today. Yeah, I'd be happy to, thank you. Um, what Brandon said really resonated with me because I feel like my whole career has been a happy accident. Um, I started off as, and I have a degree in entomology and chemistry, and I really was going to be a scientist um, when I first started. Uh, but while I was going through college, I had to make money and uh, what better place to work than restaurants. And so I worked uh, for a lot of years in all different restaurant positions. Um, uh, so if, if a restaurant had that job, I'd probably have done it. Uh, from washing dishes and serving, I worked in grocery stores, I worked at an amusement park. I've kind of done everything um, uh, along the way. But I figured out very quickly that um, insects, which is what entomology uh, studies, uh, don't talk, and I love to talk, so you'll probably see that over the next hour here. And um, I love people, and so um, I accidentally um, I stayed working with people and getting into learning and development, which is what I do for day today for the San Manuel Band of Mission Indians. So I work for the tribal government side. 
um, in human resources, and I'm the director of learning and development. And we develop um, uh, training programs and development programs for the team members um, in all um, aspects of the business. And we're excited to uh, help people on their career journeys. And that's really our mission is to help people be the best that they can be and to um, make the most contributions that uh, they can make to reach their fullest potential. So um, I'm happy to answer any questions around that and I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you, Melanie. And if you don't mind, I'd actually want to start this conversation with you because you said something there that really sparked something I wanted to talk about, and that is career journey. And I think there's a lot of individuals probably watching here today who don't know what they want to do, or maybe they're, they're examining a potential change in their career. Um, you, know, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that. So what advice would you have if someone's having that internal dialogue of, you know, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, or, you know, I, I, I was the time to make a change. Any advice that you give people who have those kind of thoughts? I, first of all, I'll say, I think you're in a great place. So don't be discouraged by that um, because you have choices and opportunities. And um, I've been in that spot, right? You can look back at everything I just said and uh, figure out that I've been there where I'm not sure where I want to do. I would think about um, what you like. Uh, and what kind of is your passion? What lights your fire? And that those are the things that you want to start doing. I tell people all the time, you're going to spend more time if you're working, doing work, than you are doing anything else in your life, right? Probably even more time than you're going to spend with your family. I spend more time at my job than I do with my kids and my husband. And when you think about that, it, that could either be great or depressing, right? So if I'm doing something I don't like, then who wants that? Uh, but if I'm doing something that I really like, then I'm excited to have that opportunity. So I would say that. And then the second thing I would say is to try some things. You'd be surprised at what you end up liking. And if you don't ever try, you wouldn't know. So some advice I give my own daughter is, you know, if you only try vanilla ice cream, that's great. I love vanilla ice cream. It tastes good. But if I never try the other flavors, I might not know that, you know, peanut butter and chocolate is actually my favorite. Um, I would just stick there. So I like to try different things and be open and curious for things. And the thing that you didn't think you would like might be the thing that you love. Um, so don't get discouraged um, at having uh, opportunities come up that are different than what you expected and be open to try new things. Thank you, Melanie. Yeah, if I could. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, if I could add on to that, Melanie, you know, it's interesting because um, I, in my career path, this, I mean, obviously, the Department of Public Safety or doing security was never it, right? So I was in the military. I had, you know, a, a, a specific job that I did while I was there. You know, there was a point in time in my life where I was a, a district sales manager for a uh, an insurance company, right? And I did that and managed people. And, you know, what? until I really started thinking, like, what do I want to do when I grow up, right? And, and sometimes I still say that. What do I want to do when I grow up? Um, you know, it, it's you find what you like and you start finding something and you're like, Hey, this is really intriguing. I have a big passion for this. And then I think that's really when everything starts to excel. Right. And, you know, my, my, my degree background was business management, marketing, um, you know, with leadership, um, you know, as, as my master's and I found a way that I could bring all of that together. Right. So it's like, how do I take everything I've learned and how do I take that to where I want to do and how can I help people out? And once I found the hospitality industry, that just kind of set me on fire a little bit. 
I was like, this is it. I can serve people. I can help people. Um, there's so much that I can do and I can be involved in just right here. And if I don't want to do security someday, there's always marketing. There's always the hotel side. There's the gaming piece. There's so much involved and so much that you could do. Options are really just endless. Uh, you both you both said a lot of good things there. You know, I wrote down two notes, Brandon, what, what you just said, you know, what do you want to be? You know, I have young kids myself and me and my wife talk about this. It's like, you're not a finished product. I think yeah. we up thinking like you be this and that's what you are. Whereas me at 35 versus me at 22, I don't feel much different. I feel my, my life's different, but as far as the energy I have to get better, that's the same. So, you know, what you said there, I think is key. And then Melanie, um, you talking about, you know, you spend a lot of time w w at work, mm -hmm. a lot of discussion on work-life balance, which we can get into. And I know Yamaba, we promote that, but at the end of the day, you got to do something that energizes you so that when you come home, you know, you could be fully present rather than you're tired, you know, you're kind of beat down. And, and I really appreciate what both of you said. Uh, Janae, jumping over to you, you know, same kind of question. A lot of people just uncertainty, uh, maybe early in their careers or maybe debating, changing, um, you know, what kind of advice would you give them? Right. So um, I think that's a very appropriate question for me, especially right now. So as I mentioned to you, um, I had a background in human resources and having spent many years in human resources. And I just transitioned over to the casino side of the business a few months ago. Now, I'll be very honest. If you, and you know, being in human resources at MOL, Beneficent Indians, we certainly supported the casino as our largest client. However, if you told me a year ago that I might be working in casino operations, I probably would have hesitated, right? Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna qualify that. Over the years at MOL, I met some incredible partners at the casino. And I would always kind of joke around and say, hey, if there's ever an opportunity, I'd love, I'd love to join you, right? And in human resources, again, this was your client, so you worked on a lot of projects with them. Um, an opportunity presented itself in, in operations. And for me, it was more than just a job change. It was really a career and lifestyle change. Because in human resources, you know, human resources, I'm not going to say it's nine to five because it's way more than nine to five, right? But moving or transitioning over to a 24 operation, 24 hour operation is very significant. And being on site and being uh, present and walking the casino floor and dealing with the operational issues in real time as they come up was very, very different. And it really caused me to kind of take a pause because looking back at my career on the things that I had done, this was very, very different. And I had to make some decisions about lifestyle. I come to work on holidays. I come to work on the weekends sometimes, right? Or I'm here late at night or early in the morning. And so that was a real departure. And so um, I think I would sum it up by saying you have to be open to change. I think continuous learning is key and critical. Um, being passionate about what you do to underscore Melanie's comments and some of the things that Brandon said. You spend the better part of your best hours and time in a work environment with your working colleagues. So you really do need to like it. You really do need to have passion about it. And most importantly, you've got to be open to change and embrace those opportunities. They may not look exactly what you thought they were going to look like, but they can be more rewarding. And, um, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to make some of those terms and pivots 
and really, really ends up on the positive side. So just be open. Love that, Janae. Be open, be flexible. Uh, there was a book I remember, I think it's called Who Moved My Cheese? I don't know if anyone's read that book. It's a real simple book, but, but that's a must read because it's all about that, just being flexible and being accountable and ready for change because change is going to happen whether we like it or not. So uh, exactly. appreciate that. Uh, Ted, Janae mentioned something. It's a perfect transition to you, which is education. And, um, you know, let's, let's get into what are, you know, differentiators for someone's career, knowing an organization's values and uh, the program that you run, the TACP program, if you could just kind of give a high level overview of that program, but then also why is it important, not only just for us at Yamava, but any organization to understand the history of an organization, what their values are and how that's a differentiator. Well, we uh, provide uh, training and guidance to the employees of the tribe in um, tribal history um, and all aspects uh, of Indian country. The tribe gave us a mission, and that is to uh, provide our students with a better understanding of what tribal governments grapple with day in and day out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not easy being a government. You have many challenges flying at you different layers of government demanding contradictory things from you all at the same time while still facing the same very difficult environment that Native Americans have faced for centuries. So amid that environment, what's the best way to preserve and protect the tribe's interests? Uh, so that's in a nutshell what we do while also teaching about management and leadership. You know, I like to start with this question. Uh, I encourage all and all employees to ask themselves, how can I, in my individual role, help to solve problems and make people's lives better? Each of us, uh, regardless of our job title, we have within our capacity to help solve issues, to make things better and improve things. And uh, I think the key is you know, to work well with others uh, and as uh, Janae said, to be um, open to change, uh, to keep learning, to find ways to skill up, and to stay curious. You had asked Kyle about values. Um, it's very important to learn about the values of your organization. New uh, hires at uh, Yamava um, need to know about the history of the Samuel Band of Mission Indians um, and what they're all about, what they've stood for, for uh, centuries and thousands of years. Uh, I encourage uh, people to find out what your organization's values are and to incorporate them into your own. Again, you work for a tribe. Uh, tribes have enduring, strong, eternal values. Uh, no doubt about it, your life will be enriched by learning the values of your employer. And uh, I just share with uh, all new hires that consider yourselves to be fortunate to be working for a tribe. Right. Yeah, Kyle, if I could just um, tap into a text that I, I agree with him. Absolutely. Um, there is always a cultural component, I think, to any type of employment situation. Seminole Well presents a very unique component in that it is a sovereign nation. And so I think to succeed here, you really do have to understand the difference, right, and some of those nuances um, relative to the Native American experience, 
tribal government, sovereignty, and those things. Um, I'm going to put my HR hat back on for a minute because I also think it's important to understand cultural fit, right? And so often when you look at people look at organizations, I want to work for Apple or Google or Disney or Samuel or whatever. Each organization has a culture. And at Samuel and Yamaha, it's, little, it's, it's separate from understanding the Native American cultural aspect. It is also about understanding the culture of the business. And Yamaha, Samuel Band of Mission Indians, it's not just mission, vision, and values that's beautifully framed on a wall. We actually live them every day. And equally important is how we work. And that becomes a part of the culture. And I think employees and perspectives really have to do some homework and really try to understand the culture that these enterprises embody. And that culture can dictate expectations. Um, I think Melanie would agree in human resources. We run across beautiful resumes. Top level, top tier qualified candidates. Doesn't necessarily mean that they are always going to fit into the organization. And that could be because there's a disconnect with the mission, vision, and values, the way that we work, the expectations around how we work, and how we treat each other. So all of those things are really, really important. And I guess, you know, a, a really important piece of advice that I would give is to do your research before you um, align yourself with an organization so deeply. Because oftentimes you might find it really isn't the culture that maybe you thought it was, or it's something that doesn't necessarily align with your values and how you were in yeah, so, Kyle, I have something on that. Oh, I'm sorry, Brandon, I'm going to cut you off. Right? Um, I think it's equally important when you're going out for a position. Um, sometimes I interview people that it's almost like it's a competition for them to get this job. But I don't think that's the prize, right? It should be an opportunity to see if you're a good fit. Um, mm -hmm. And so you should be interviewing the employer as much as we're interviewing you, and that it's kind of more a mutual agreement that this would be a great place for you to work. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And those are some of the best team members um, that I have on my team and that I see get hired, where the team member wants to work for us, but we also want the team member to work for us. And it's a, it's a two-way street there. So some of that responsibility does fall on uh, the team member, too to really, uh, when you go out and interview for uh, at an organization, to make sure you're interviewing them and to see, is this a place I want to work at? Uh, and uh, is this gonna be a good fit for me? So it's not just about getting a job, right? It's about, um, is this a good fit? And is this gonna give me what I need in my career journey? Um, and, it's, and it could be a win-win for uh, both sides. And I'm sorry, Brandon, I'll pass it over to you. No, you're, you're great. And you touched a little bit on what I was going to say. You know, I'm very fortunate because I get to work. Um, I work for Sam Manuel Band of Mission Indians on the on the tribal government side. But we are a support service to the casino side. Right. And so oftentimes when we're doing uh, interviews and we talk about differentiators here in, in this panel, one of the things I ask them about is both. What do you know about Yamaha? Right. The casino. Uh, what do you know about Sam Manuel Band of Mission Indians? And that's a differentiator for me because I want to know if people have done their homework. I want them to know what, what we are, what we do, and, uh, and, and the kind of culture that we have here. Janae nailed it a little bit ago. Fit is everything for a culture. And uh, it's important that people know that when they're coming into these roles. And then secondly, if I could just add, Ted talked about another thing, uh, uh, a differentiator, value, providing, or providing value, doing, doing uh, things that people, you know, 
doing the hard work, right? That's huge. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times people, they don't want to do the hard work or they don't want to provide that extra value. And, it, and so sometimes it doesn't take a lot to do that. And it's very simple, even from the very front lines, right? Um, what can I do today to make a difference, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very simple question, uh, but there's a lot involved. There's a lot wrapped up into that. And that could be anywhere from, you know, as I walk through the casino, am I picking up glasses and taking them to the bars? Am I pushing in chairs? Am I, you know, keeping the property nice? And, you know, I see all, all of us, we all do that as we walk through the casino mm -hmm. now. So it's those little things that stick out. People see that, and that's a differentiator between what most people do. So it doesn't have to be this ginormous mind thought of, what am I going to do to blow somebody's mind so I can, you know, promote or elevate or do whatever. Sometimes it's the smallest touch that makes the biggest difference. Brandon, you said so much there, and I think that's relevant. I'm sure with every industry, but especially in the casino and hospitality industry, is I think opportunity is abundant. There is just opportunity everywhere. To your point, it's the little things. It's, but there's always gaps with how big of an organization we have with the restaurants, with the gaming, with the table games, with so many different things going on. There's always areas for us to improve. And to, I just love your point. If you could just find those areas and just hit at it every day and just try to lead with value, that's going to be a differentiator. So speaking of differentiators, I want to stay on that topic. Uh, Melanie, for you, you know, whether you want to take hard samples, maybe on the resume or to Brandon's thoughts, some bigger picture, just what are some easy differentiators that you look for, um, you know, that can really help people as far as advice goes, as far as differentiating themselves from other candidates? So I, it's funny you asked me that question because I uh, recently expanded my team. So I'll tell you, I've only been at Sandman Wells for about a year and a half. And uh, my team has tripled since I got here, but uh, we needed to, right? So I've looked at a lot of resumes, probably 100 resumes in the last two months, which maybe doesn't seem a lot to the casino side, but from human resources perspective, it's a lot. Um, and the things that stand out for me on resumes is um, I, I, need, I wanna know um, things about you in that one page that I look at. And I don't want um, all the like fluffy, I'll call it stuff, that I see on everybody's resume, right? So everybody's gonna say that they're passionate and hardworking and I want some real, um, like some concrete um, things that you've, uh, that you've done on your resume. And to Brandon's point, they don't have to be big, um, but I wanna know, because I'm gonna ask you in your interview, um, give me some examples. And so when you're filling out your resume, really think about the person that's gonna be reading it and are they gonna get a good picture of who I am by looking at this resume. So, I mean, a couple pieces of advice I'll just give you straight off is everything you can put on the front page is probably what I'm gonna look at. If you have five page resume, you're telling me too much stuff, right? I can ask you questions in the interview if I wanna know any other stuff, but get it down to one, maybe two pages if you have a really long history. Tell me the important stuff. That really tells me a lot about you, what then you put in your resume, because then I'll see what you think are, is important, because that's what made it, right, to the resume. And then tell me about what you did, not how you think you are or um, what you hope to do. So I want some examples of things that you've accomplished, and they don't all have to be work things. So if you're just starting out and 
you maybe even never had a job or this is your second job, you're working one job right now. It could be things that you did in school, things you did at your church, things you did volunteering, um, but things that you did so that I can find out um, about you. Because remember, I'm trying to figure out is not only if you have the skill, but are you a good fit for my team? And there's a lot of team dynamics that come into play, and I need to know that you're going to culturally fit and kind of get into the team, right? So think about sports analogies. If I'm a basketball coach, I'm not hiring the best player out there. I might not even want the best player because he's kind of a jerk and he's not going to be good on my team. I want somebody who's going to be a team player and is going to bring up my whole team. And so I need to know about you and what you can contribute to that team. And, again, it's not a competition to get the job. Um, you want to be also a good fit. So always tell the truth and uh, on your resume and, uh, and the, the truth about what you did. Because if you say something that's not true and you get hired on that, you're not going to be the right fit, right? Because I'm going to think you're a different person than who you are. <laughs> uh, so be truthful. You can both make a good choice and you'll actually be a good fit. And again, it's, it's not all about... Um, the big words and the nice look and the fluffiness on the resume. I want to see what you did, what you can bring to my team and what kind of individual you are so that I can make sure that you're a good fit. Right. Um, I, I'm so happy to be on this panel with Melody because she's saying like some incredible things and some great things. Um, I think the only thing that I would add, um, and, and the resume is really tricky, right? Because you want to let people know about all of your experiences. But I do think you have to be judicious in what you put on the resume. And I kind of like to think of it as a story. And your resume really should tell about your story. Who are you? What are your experiences? And are these experiences relative to your job? Now, from an HR perspective, as somebody who has reviewed thousands of resumes and conducted hundreds of interviews, right? By the time you get the interview, we pretty much know on paper you're qualified, right? If your experiences align with the job responsibilities. It's really for me um, as, um, as a, a hiring manager and as a people leader, it's about understanding the story. And um, just kind of the unique, um, the unique side. My son, who just graduated from college, is in the job market. And he had an interview the other day looking for a role in music. And I sat down with him and I, I gave him the same speech. You gotta tell your story, right? We used to call it an elevator speech, uh, your, you know, your 15 minute elevator speech. Well, you gotta go into that interview and you have to have a conversation. It's not about they're gonna ask me a question, I'm gonna answer it. You gotta be prepared to tell your story, right? And when you tell a good story that represents who you are, hiring managers remember that. And it makes us decide we want to work with that person because when we're seeing you you know you're going to tell us the same thing that's on the paper but we're sizing you up about okay can this person really grow in this organization are they a cultural fit can they get to the next level when things go left do i want to be in the trenches with them right and are they going to be a good working partner and so you have an opportunity by telling your story and having that conversation in the interview to really, really score. And, you know, I, I would just hope people think about it, right? It takes a lot of research. It's a lot of work getting a job. Yamava Resort Casino, Seminole Valley Fishing Indians. There, you know, it's, it's a lot sometimes to go through the, the hiring process, right? So fulfilling and so rewarding. 
But I think if you take that time to take those extra steps and put together your life story and your journey, things, of course, that you're comfortable with sharing and that are appropriate for the interview, those are the people that is the differentiator and you getting the job and not getting the job. Yeah, when you said, you know, who who is it you want to be in the trenches with? That's a that's a lot of what we think about or what I think about as I'm going to interviews, right? And a lot of it comes back to their mindset. You know, is what what's what's their mind like? Are they, you know, this positive person that, you know, when it does when the times do get hard, are they going to be the ones that say, "Oh, man, I don't I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done." Or are they going to be the ones that really champion through and it's kind of that motivator for others to be like, "Look, we're close. We're almost there, right? We can do this. We have this." And so you can catch a lot of that as, you know, Janae, like what you said, as people are telling their story. So put your story together and, and be passionate about what you're doing, right? Um, be proud of where you're at, what you're doing, where you're going, and let people know about it. Because once you do that, I think that opens up a new, a new window, a new door for, for you, for people to say, I got it. I see where this person's at. I know where they want to go, and I can help them, right? I can be that, I can be that advocate, that champion, or whatever, I can help them get to that next level. Absolutely. So many good things there. Uh, I'm taking notes, not only just for myself, but for future. Um, you know, relationships. I think that goes back to what you guys were saying earlier, is you're going to spend a lot of time working with these people. So interview, they're trying to understand what's it going to be like working with this person. And, you know, to, to your guys' point, just really bringing in the human element. You know, the, the job resume. And we know this from putting together presentations, it's kind of similar. It's, you know, you, you want to establish a curiosity gap. You want enough to be like, okay, tell me more. But so often I think people put together a resume trying to convert right away. And that's not the case. You just want that resume to get you the interview and then you do your job in the interview. So you got a lot of good things there. Um, Ted, jumping over to you, you know, you've, we said the stat the other day, I believe close to 90% of folks who have been in the, the, the program, the TACP program, have either been promoted or moved on to different jobs. So it's really been a differentiator. I'm curious to know from your perspective in education and also the program, similarities that you notice with working with people who are successful or who seem to elevate in their careers versus those who don't. Because I imagine you've seen some similarities and I'd, I'd like to pick your brain on that. Yeah, I mean, generally these are people who when they start a new job, they learn about their new work environment. They learn what's expected of them. They get to know their colleagues. They find out how things are done, how tasks are performed at their new workplace. And also they really work to develop a good relationship with their boss or their manager. They're also really aware. Uh, by that, I mean, they want their boss or their manager um, to succeed. And so they get to know what the priorities of their bosses are. And um, they, they also invest a lot in developing relationships, uh, relationships with their colleagues, relationships with those to whom they report. So I urge and uh, I've observed that, um, you know, put in the time, get to know your colleagues, get to know your boss, establish that positive working relationship. Also, I noticed that these individuals who do succeed uh, and get promoted, even if they're a new hire, you know, they, they don't always think 
like a typical employee. Oftentimes they think like a manager. Um, mm -hmm. Many employees need to be told what to do. Managers, though, they think strategically and they act upon it. So I'm not suggesting that you go out and do anything against the wishes of your manager. Yet be proactive, solve problems, make life better for your boss. Uh, people who get promoted think and act like managers. And, you know, it sounds obvious, yet it bears sharing. Treat others with respect, regardless of their rank in the organization, and be punctual. Um, you want to show up on time. Uh, make a habit of showing up a few minutes early. I've noticed that these people who get promoted, they show up early. That uh, makes life easier. Uh, for those to whom they report, it also allows opportunities for small talk. Oftentimes, small talk is important for building those relationships. Um, oftentimes, these people are also very positive. They maintain a positive outlook and approach in what they do. They work hard to make good first impressions by being uh, friendly, by being helpful, by being reliable. And also, I noticed one other thing to answer your question, Kyle. These people who succeed, they often smile. So smile for heaven's sakes, right? Uh, it will help you create good relationships with your coworkers. And to this end, ask your coworkers questions about themselves, curiosity towards them. This will help to get your relationship with your colleagues and your boss off to a good start. These are some of the things that people who I've noticed who succeed after going through the program that they do and they pursue with, with rigor. A lot of good I stuff. I love the smile. I love the smile, Ted. I smile. I smile all the time. You couldn't tell if I was mad, upset, and whatever. Just because I smile, it makes me feel better. See, and I'm going to give a practical tip out there. Not all of us are blessed with the smile gene. I've learned <laughs> in my career that I have a resting, angry face, and that's something that you know, so people. But that was something that hurt me, you know. So I have to like constantly be like, oh, Kyle, Kyle, you know. Um, but, but yeah, there's definitely smile more, um, even if it, you, you have a face like mine, you know, um, cause good things happen from that. Speaking on practical tips, I kind of want to go around on that topic. Some practical tips maybe people can do, and I'll start with one and then, and then I'll throw it out there. Melanie, maybe I'll start with you. You know, I think something that everybody needs to be prepared for, uh, when they're exploring a new opportunity, or maybe they're going to go in for an interview is, Accountability. I think no matter one way or the other, you're going to get the question of tell me about your latest mistake. Tell me about your biggest mistake. Tell me your weakness. And it amazes me how often people are not prepared for address accountability, humility. You know, I think people just want to see that when you make a mistake, you're going to own it and you're going to get better from it. And, and, and you're going to be able to move quickly. I think no matter what position you're in, that's practical advice. Be ready to address accountability and humility. So Melanie, is there practical advice or one tip that comes to mind where you find a lot of people fail in this realm? That's uh, a tip to help them, whether that be in the interview or resume, uh, early in their career, whatever it may be. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I have, I have two. Um, one is um, I, I mentor high school students. So I talk to a lot of younger people. And one thing I find the flip side of accountability that you just talked about is that um, people are not prepared to talk well about themselves. And uh, like they're afraid to brag, 
themselves and identify what they're good at. And um, I, I understand that because everybody's a little bit embarrassed um, to do that. But when you're um, at work, you're talking to your boss, you're trying to, uh, you're, you're interviewing, you have to be prepared to answer the question, um, what are your strengths, <laughs> right? Um, and, 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 you're not, and you're good at stuff. And so it's important to um, own that too. Um, so I would encourage you to really think about that, what you're good at, and be prepared and confident in sharing that. Um, and you have strengths, so don't be embarrassed by that. Um, we're coming into review time here, and so the thing I talked to my team about, even I've worked with them for a whole year now, and they don't, you know, they're don't, they embarrassed to tell me what they're good at on their own review. Um, so it's always surprising to me, but be prepared to brag about yourself. Um, and then the second thing I'll say is um, be open-minded to trying different things. And that's probably my hallmark is, uh, uh, is I always try to say yes. I think that comes from working in the restaurant business and working at amusement parks. I, if I, uh, a customer comes in and wants something, we don't want to say, no, we don't do that. We, even if we don't do it, we want to say, we can't do that, but we can do this, right? And so we try to figure out ways to say yes. And that goes back to my like, hallmark um, question that I always ask myself, and that is, what can I do? Uh, and so no matter what situation you're in, what obstacle, good or bad, you can always do something and you always should choose to do something. And so you should ask yourself, what can I do and do something? Um, so uh, it, it's, it's a very empowering question. And um, so you, just, you don't have to ask it out loud. You can ask it of yourself. <laughs> and the question's not, well, what can I do? Like you can't do anything. The question is, what can I do? Uh, because you can do something, and uh, the, and you should do something. So uh, make a choice. Yeah, Melanie. You know, understanding your strengths is also huge, and I think that is a practical tip. Is what am I good at? You know, and if, if I'm leaving the interview, what what are, what are you getting by hiring me? You're getting what? Fill in the blank, and really knowing your strengths. I think there's a lot of value. So thank you for that, Janae. I want you to answer that question, but then also, you know. People are utilizing the Q&A uh, portion, so I appreciate that. Um, so Janae, you know, this person says, how quick can someone be promoted once they have shown their worth? And, and I'm sure with your background, I'm sure it varies, but uh, any takes on that question? Right, so um, from my experiences um, in working, I never was aware or familiar with a formula or a timetable regarding promotions, right? I think that once you get into a role, you prove yourself, you prove that you can do the job and you can do the job well. Um, you test point, you smile, you show up on time, you deliver quality thing, quality work, you are accountable, um, you hold yourself responsible, you get along with people. Those are all of kind of like the, 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 the highway that you're gonna travel down to get that promotion. Um, I think a couple of things though that can probably hasten that promotion, um, and I was going to add this to what Melody was saying, is I think that a couple of things, you got to speak your goals into the universe. Just like you have to let people know what you're interested in, what you're good at, you have to let people know what you want to do. And a lot of that really ties to networking, right? And I'm going to even say, go so far to say, you got to be also strategic about networking, because I believe that everybody brings value and having conversations, you never know who you're going to meet or how they can affect you, right? But there are some key people within organizations, within your department, within the company that you probably want to connect with at some level. 
The other things that I would say that can help with a promotion are two specific relationships. One is a mentor and a coach, and the other is a sponsor. And they're very different. So I'm going to say mentor slash coach. This is the person that you're going to go through that you've established a relationship with. You trust that person to give you some quality, honest feedback. May not always be what you want to hear, and hopefully it's not, right? Because you want them to be able to be honest and sincere and constructive with the feedback and, and the perspectives that they share with you. And sometimes those conversations might be kind of painful, right? But they're done in the spirit of, of continuous improvement. The second relationship is a sponsor. And I say that because your coach or your mentor may not be in a position to be your sponsor. Your sponsor is that person who's going to be your leader, somebody who is influential, somebody who's going to be at the table. So when that new opportunity comes up, they're going to be able to say, yeah, well, you know, I, I know Brandon, and I think he's absolutely ready for this next role, right? I know his work. I can stand behind him. I, in fact, know his coach and sponsor and the feedback that he's gotten and how he takes it, right? And so I think he's absolutely primed and ready. So I think as we go through this journey, as we look at networking as key and critical to success, and I, I got to tell you, I am so not the networker. You know, I talk to people, but I have to kind of really, really put myself up to get out there or to truly network, right, and talk about myself or, or pick people's brains, right, because sometimes it's not the most comfortable thing. But I think you have to get over yourself, extend yourself, put yourself out there, and establish these sound quality relationships. But again, I go back to that coach mentor and also that champion because I think they serve two different roles, but both of those roles are critical to your success and that next promotion that you're striving for. So I know it's a long answer, but I think it, those are some pretty valuable relationships to have. No, Janae, that's great. And thank you for sharing that. You know, Brandon, I saw you shaking your head. You know, I want to stay on that topic. Just any thoughts that you have piggybacking off of uh, what Janae was saying. Yeah, there's a lot there. There, There's a lot there. And it really does, you know, come down to networking. You know, Janae says she's not a networker, but I beg to differ. She is. Because when you get to talking <laughs> with Janae, no, seriously, like when you get to talking with Janae, you just start talking, right? And you just start, start talking about a lot of different things. And that's what it's about. It's really, you know, just having a conversation, not about anything necessarily specific, but it's just having a conversation. And, and I learned so much from everybody that I talk to, and, and I take all that in. So the way I see it is, you know, when, when you're looking at a lot of these different things, there's our, let's call it our capability, right, or what we're comfortable with uh, that we do on the regular and we don't even think about it. But then there's that, stretchability, right? That's us going outside of our comfort zone and, and getting to know somebody different. And I think we all do that to some degree. Um, you know, we may just call it different things, but I think networking and getting to know the people that you're around, the people that you're working with is so important uh, because you may not only get a mentor or a coach out of it, uh, you may get a friend out of it. And, and really, when you look into this industry, the hospitality industry, the service industry, or really most any other industries, it really does come down a lot of times to who you know um, that can help you get to where you need or get you in contact with the right person. Uh, so it's just about staying open and be willing to get into some unfamiliar territory at times, uh, just to, to really just broaden your own horizons. You, yeah, you, you said something there, Brandon. It's, it's not, you know, because I'm sure we've all heard this before. It's not 
what you know, it's who you know. But, mm-hmm. but what really matters and what gets missed in that conversation, I think, is it's what you do that establishes who you know. Meaning, right. to Janae's point, no one's going to champion you if they don't believe in you. So right. go together. You need to do the hard work. You need to prove value. But at the same time, you also need to do the human element and make that connection. But, you know, absolutely connections matter. But what you do is determine who you know, and then it helps those champions, which, Janae, I, I think that's a great point. Um, Ted, you know, I, I want to ask this question. Um, you know, it's a popular question, but it's worth asking on this panel is knowing what you know now, you know, what, what advice would you give to your younger self um, as far as what's been key uh, to your, your success, especially in the education space? Well, certainly, you know, uh, it's difficult to get promoted if your boss doesn't know who you are. So make it a point to get to your boss as well as your supervisor. Foster a positive, constructive working relationship with them. That's what I tell my younger self. Also, be open to feedback. Um, that's an important trait. Um, similar to what Janae was talking about, um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, most people will help you if you ask them and find mentors as well as advocates. Um, while you should ask for help when you need it, in turn, you should, of course, be willing to help others when they require assistance. And um, I suppose I'd also tell myself you should create your own personal board of advisors, uh, people who you can tap into for their reflections, for their judgment, uh, for their thoughts. Maybe they're not people who work in your organization. Maybe they're people outside, but nonetheless, people who you can bounce ideas off of. Um, And as you progress in your job, um, look for leadership opportunities, Uh, maybe to lead a project or to mentor others. Uh, That will help you get noticed, valued, and promoted. Now, Kyle, you had asked about accountability. You know, I've made mistakes that would leave anyone black and blue. So uh, take my word for it. If you make a mistake, this is, this is I'd tell my younger self this, own up to it, own up to, to your mistake. Don't try to shift blame. Don't try to deny it. Uh, apologize, figure out how to fix the error and then make a plan to prevent it from happening again. So those are some things that I would tell my younger self. Thank you for sharing that, Ted. And then that last one, I think it's huge. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people watching either watch sports or maybe play sports. And I think sports is a good metaphor for that too. If you look at most of the great players, they take all the blame and they shift the credit to their teammates. And, and I think that's, that's a true sign of somebody, you know, something I would tell my younger self is, you know, really try to do that. And, and Ted, I think you mentioned this before, you know, yes, you, act the part that you want. Obviously you gotta do so respectfully, but if you want to progress in your career and you say you wanna be your boss's position one day, you gotta think like your boss. You gotta think about where's areas we can improve. You know, that way when you get that interview and that uh, moment presents itself, we could tell you've already thought strategically about that. So, you know, a lot of good nuggets there. Uh, Melanie, jumping over to you. Once again, same question, because I think it's very insightful. You know, knowing what you know now in your career, if you were to go back and talk to your younger self, as far as just advice or just tips, what are the kind of things you might say? I think that um, I wish when I was younger that I took more risks 
And maybe that's why I'm so passionate about that topic. So I think it's the third time I've said that in this hour. Um, and that I said yes more. Um, so I think um, out of just, you know, I don't know if it's fear or afraid of making a mistake or something like that. Um, I think we say no um, to things that could really have turned out to be opportunities or at the very least learning experiences. And looking back, I can think of probably three or four different things that I said no to that I wish I had said yes. And I'm curious to this day, like what would have happened if I had. Um, so um, that would be my advice is to say yes more. Um, just in life, not even out, even outside of this hour, right? <laughs> um, say yes to more things, um, and uh, and you'll be surprised at what happens, and um, as surprised at what you like and what you find out about yourself um, that maybe you wouldn't have found out before. Um, I see in the questions here, if I could take this opportunity, since I'm already on the hot mic, right? Um, some questions about networking and how do you do it, um, and so I just want to say out loud that, you know, I used to be really shy. It's hard to believe this, and I used to not really talk. I started working in an amusement park and getting and being forced to talk to people, and the more I talked to people, the better I got at it. It actually is a skill that you don't necessarily have to be natural and born to do. So I want to encourage you, if you're looking for opportunities to network, the first thing you have to do is put yourself in positions where networking is required. Um, and so do things like go on your cause and sign up for a volunteer event and get out of the click of people that you normally associate with. When you go to TDR in the casino, if you're an employee, and don't sit with your normal people, sit with somebody else. Uh, uh, give yourself um, uh, the space to have to talk to other people, and uh, then you'll get better at it, and you'll be surprised at the people that you meet. Um, so yeah, even if there's not a formal networking event, you can still um, network by um, participating in activities where other people are at and just um, forcing yourself to not associate with the people that you came with. So I always tell my team, you cannot sit at the table with anybody else that's on our team uh, because otherwise we'll just be the learning and development like click that travels around and we'll never meet anybody else. And so uh, force yourself to meet people. So off topic, but uh, I guess it's sort of relevant, but I wanted to answer that question because I saw there was a couple about networking um, in the chat. Yeah, no, thank you for answering that question. And I think it is relevant, you know, as a differentiator, sometimes we got to push ourselves outside of our comfort zones. And we had a discussion about this earlier too. Introverts, that might be a little more challenging, but by doing so, you get confidence and good things happen. So Janae, jumping over to you, um, you know, the question came up about mentors, which has been a, a popular topic today. Um, and you mentioned it earlier, you know, having champions, but if someone wanted advice on how to find a mentor or, you know, how to build that kind of relationship, any thoughts there? Right. Um, well, again, I, I, as someone who believes in putting things out into the universe, I think you have to extend yourself. You have to let people know that you are looking for somebody. And I think when you are in organizations, and it doesn't necessarily always have to be with your job. It's great if you can find a mentor who understands what you do. But if you think about it, a lot of the issues that you bring to your mentor are not necessarily about the mechanics of what you do. It is about the situations that you find yourself in. And because of that, I think you have a much broader opportunity to find and connect with someone that you trust, that you trust will give you good sound judgment, advice, and feedback in a constructive way that you can accept and that you can use as a springboard to make change. 
So there are a lot of very organized programs within organizations. I know that Center Well has um, a mentor program that we are, are you know, constantly looking to expand and improve upon. But your mentor doesn't necessarily always have to be at your workplace. It's great if it does, but be open. Um, you know, Kyle, going back to, I think, your, the, the question that you posed to both Melanie um, and to Ted, um, if I had to talk to my younger self, I would have gotten a mentor. I would have tried to understand, well, you know, when you're young, you, you know, if you're like me, my parents were like, okay, you graduated from college, what's your plan, right? And so, and I was kind of one of those people who had written down my little plan. I was going to go to college. I was going to go to law school. After I decided I wasn't going to be an airplane pilot, which is really what I wanted to do and be, right? But that's another hour-long conversation. But um, once I got out on the, on the straight and narrow of going to college and becoming a lawyer, you know, and my, my life plan was I was going to practice law. I was going to do this, 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 this. And it just didn't happen like that, right? Things happen. Life happens. And you find yourself becoming open and find yourself in situations where you start to look at things differently or opportunities present themselves. So a pearl that I wish someone had told me is that don't lock yourself into a particular path. There are a lot of different ways to get to your destination. Some of them can circumvent the time it takes you. Some of them can be much more fun and rewarding along the way. And sometimes that destination that you think in your mid-20s may not necessarily be the destination where you're going to find it rewarding when you get there. So you got to be open. you got to take risks, right? Uh, Melanie touched on it. I had opportunities to relocate. And because I, you know, I had a family, I was very grounded in my community and my family life, and I passed on those. But I, too, think very often how much more enriching my career would have been had I taken up some of those opportunities. So don't lock yourself into one set course or path. Be open and I think you will be pleasantly surprised at um, where you find yourself and what your destination ultimately looks like. Thank you for that. Um, you know, Melanie, I wanna answer this question too because I think it's the last one that we have that hasn't been answered. And it's, it's a simple one, but I think it's a good one. What advice would you give to someone wanting to move up in the casino you know, I think a lot of that has to start with probably their conversation with their supervisor, but just any insights uh, on that question. Yes, and Janae might have some um, tips on this too, because I relatively new here at San Manuel, but I'll tell you, I Ted touched on it. I, I think making sure that your aspirations are known is really important. Um, and so making sure that your supervisor knows that you want to move up. Um, and even asking them the question, what can I do? Um, what are some things that um, you would suggest for me? Um, that's important. Sometimes, especially if you have big teams, um, your supervisor may not know what your aspirations are. And so making that known is really important. And then also I know if somebody, if I know somebody on my team has aspirations for advancement, then um, I'm gonna look out for opportunities for them to give them some things that they can do. So if I have a, a project or a task or something that comes up that I think might help them with that, I can um, give that over to them. Uh, and so I, 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 as a manager, look out for that. And so making that known is probably the most important first step. Um, 
So uh, if you work at the casino now and answering this question and, uh, and our review time's coming up, that's the perfect time to make that known is in those review conversations and making sure that, um, that where you want to go is known. Mm -hmm. uh, Melanie, I think the only thing that I would add, and you know, the, the answer's gonna be a little bit different, right? So if you are aspiring to work in the casino, it is bright, it's exciting, it's action, it's fun, but it's a different kind of animal. And you really have to know and understand casinos to determine if this is the environment for you. It is fast paced, it is high energy, it is energetic. So whether you are in DPS for food and beverage or table games or slots, it is 24-7 nonstop. And even the best laid plans every day will probably get circumvented and sidetracked because you are working with the public, things come up, things change, and you've got to be very flexible to do that. And you've got to be able to really work, function, and appreciate a high-energy, impactful environment. So definitely spend some time in the casinos, right? Don't lose your life savings, but definitely visit casinos and make sure that this is the place that you really do feel comfortable working at, right? Um, so, you know, and then I think once you are in the casino industry, it is a very highly regulated, highly compliance-based business. So you really, really have to know and appreciate the rules and the regulations. Um, there are so many nuances. There's very complex things, right, that people can learn that you can appreciate. Again, what I found um, in this experience is that networking is key and critical, right? People come from different um, other casinos, other organizations, paths are constantly crossing, they're constantly meeting or re-meeting people. So I think of all industries, the casino industries, because it's so, so compact to some degree, although gaming is expanding across the country and around the world, but people know each other. And I think the last thing you want to be is that name that comes up. And somebody at another organization who either knew you or knew somebody else is not going to really give you that thumbs up. So network, let people know who you are, what you want to do, and just do a really great job at it. I think, you know, if I, if I could offer that. No, thank you for that. And I want to thank all the panelists today. We've got three minutes over, but I think it's been a great conversation. I hope all of you have found value uh, in this discussion. I know I have, uh, but when you think about your career and how to differentiate yourself, hopefully you got, gathered a tip or two and then maybe learned a little bit more about Yamaha Resort and Casino. So with that, I wanna thank all the panelists for joining today, greatly appreciated. Um, we, we still have another panelist or, yeah, we have one more today at 3.30 uh, entitled The Pivot. So that's gonna be a great conversation. If you're able to join, make sure you check that out. And once again, I highly encourage you to check out everything we have to explore here with the Next Level Casino Careers event. Um, appreciate the time and uh, thank you. And I hope you all have a good day.